Part eight of the Blue Review, Volume One, Number One, edited by John Middleton Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Theatre by Gilbert Cannon. Conventions, Chinese, English, and French. There is at the Duke of York's Theatre an ingenious entertainment called the Yellow Jacket, which purports to be a Chinese play in the Chinese manner. Whether it is really Chinese or not does not matter. It is sufficiently like the Mikado and Willow pattern, and unlike the letters of John Chinaman, to be accepted by an English audience. What is important is that it is an entertainment which does perfectly set up its conventions for the evening's purposes. It has no change of scene. The author of the piece, and proprietor of the troupe of actors, announces the shifting of the scene. "'Tis a room in the palace of Wu Sin, "'tis a love-nest, etc., "'and because he believes in the transformation, "'his words carry conviction. "'All the machinery of the stage is exposed. "'There is absolutely no deception, as the conjurer says, "'and the audience is trusted to deceive itself, "'and it does so. "'Unfortunately for itself, "'this deception does not lead to anything, "'because the American authors have,' like so many of their English colleagues, being concerned more with stage trickery than with any dramatic idea. They have trusted too much to the novelty and the humours of Chinese convention, and have failed to see to it that the play itself, which moves through that convention, should be imaginative and charming. In fine, this Chinese play is infected with the vices of the Western theatre to such an extent that its own virtues do not appear and the entertainment does not invariably entertain. Indeed, without Mr. Frederick Ross as the chorus, and Mr. Holman Clark as the property man, there would be very little fun at that theatre. The actors, as is so often the case, are left to make the best of a poor business, and so it is not from China that we are to look for help, though the magnates of the theatre will no doubt ransack the far east and the further west, before they begin to look at home for dramatic fare to lay before the English public. It seems very certain that, the court theatre school having carried their revolution so far, and seeming impotent to bring it to a head, there will be in the main theatres of London a pleasant reaction. It is not without significance that the youngest of the actor-managers should produce the masterpiece of old Sado, the greatest of theatrical conjurers. Absolutely no deception, ladies and gentlemen. The quickness of the action deceives the eye. The idol of Francisque Sarsi had a diabolical ingenuity in using the theatre to create in his audience a sort of spurious excitement, very like that of spotting winners. He lays a scent, crosses it, doubles, trails aniseed across it, brings you to running water, bears you off on a chase after nothing, gives you an evening's occupation that has neither rhyme nor reason, impresses you in your excitement with his marvellous ingenuity, and leaves you in cold blood to realise his incurable futility. You are not asked to believe, and you do not believe in any of the characters of the play. You are not asked to set up any convention, unless it be a convention to assume the cleverness of Monsieur Sardot and your own imbecility. Once that is granted, 
then the play proceeds to pick its way through the maze it is not elevating but it is up to a point amusing unfortunately the fashion on which that kind of thing lived is dead for we have gained a certain degree of efficiency in the finer use of the machinery of the theatre we have made room in the theatre if not for beauty at least for an idea or two worst of all for sardo and sarsi we have begun to think our theatre in london superior to the theatre of paris we are beginning to want to use our own conventions and to use them to some purpose or again we are inclined to make a convention of the absence of conventions and to say be hanged to action give us character mr arnold bennett for instance in the great adventure has the most fantastical and flimsy excuse for setting the machinery of the theatre in motion he has a wildly improbable story which is hardly at all susceptible of exposition in terms of drama but his interest is centred in his two characters of the painter and janet cannot and by these he justifies himself of the demand he makes on our time and pockets i always pay for my seat in case i may have in all good faith to insult author and manager he says with his admirable common sense i can entertain you in my own way i can provide admirable opportunities for actors and actresses agreed all the same the pleasure that is to be got in the theatre from the revelation of character in dramatic action is keener and more profitable than that which is to be got from the leisurely and so to speak extrinsic exposition of character for its own sake it is all a matter of convention and i find that we have after all something to learn from the chinese let me add that we have nothing at all to learn from the japanese of melchior lengiel in typhoon which is pure but not very competent sado in spite of all the industry and ingenuity that have gone into the making of the play and its production no sufficient convention is set up the action of the play is not affected by the heroes being a japanese and the over-elaborate colouring of the japanese element jars with the threadbare french textures of the piece all the labour to induce conviction of something that is fundamentally untrue and clearly irrelevant to the action produces exhaustion and a sort of irritation to which the excitement of the effective theatrical scenes comes as such a relief that many people will believe that typhoon is a tolerable play it is not nearly so good as diplomacy end of part 8